Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Good to see all of you, familiar faces. Thank you for coming. Okay, so today's session of Consulting Growth Hour is, of course, how to use LinkedIn to land consulting clients. All right. Who is the session for? The session, of course, is for B2B consultants. If you folks are strategy consultants, leadership consultants, operations, HR, marketing, sales, if you're selling into organizations, this is for you. And of course, if you've landed business primarily from referrals and you want to look, you're looking to learn new ways to, to grow your business and land new clients. And if you're considering amping up or ramping up your LinkedIn efforts, then this is for you. And of course, now I also want to add that if you want to use LinkedIn, if you want to learn what I'm about to share with you today, make sure that you have an offer and a message that is currently working. So if you if you've sold your services off of LinkedIn, if you've had clients off of LinkedIn and that is working and that you just want to scale your current services, then this is a session for you. If you don't have, if you're still trying to figure out who your market is, who your ideal buyer is, what market you want to sell into, how to create a compelling offering, how to put together messaging for your consulting business, then you want to go to the older sessions of this series, Consulting Growth Hour, and check those out. All of the replays are available on my YouTube channel. I will be sharing that a little later today. And make sure that you have an offer and a message and you know exactly who you're targeting before you use any of the ideas that I that I share with you today. Otherwise, you'll just be spinning your wheels. Okay. Because what LinkedIn is, and before that, and I'm not going to go into elaborate detail on, on my background. I want to, as you know, I want to make this session. We've got 60 minutes. I've got to know I want to make this session all about you folks and your questions. So if you want to know a little bit about me, then please feel free to check out my LinkedIn profile. So I was saying that LinkedIn is like a dam. Okay. So you build a dam when there's a river. Okay. When there's no river, then building a dam makes no sense, right? It's just going to be futile. So that's why I mentioned that you want to have those other things in place, the strategic stuff in place, your offer, your messaging, the market, ideal buyer profile, ideal influencer profile, all of those things in place before you start building this dam, which is, is LinkedIn. So you want to build a dam when there's a river and the river is all of those things that I mentioned. I mean, primarily, it's a need. You want to make sure that there is a need for what you're selling and the category of your services, right? And you wanna make sure that your ideal audience, which includes your buyers and those folks who influence those buyers are on LinkedIn, can be found on LinkedIn. If they are on LinkedIn, if they're reasonably active on LinkedIn, then there are ways you can engage with them and move those, build relationships with those folks. 
and then someday turn them into clients. Okay, so that's what I want to preface this session with. I don't want to waste anybody's time. So make sure that you are, you make sure there's a need for your services and make sure your audience is on LinkedIn. Because, you know, you can't, if you're selling meat, for example, you don't want to go into a, a network full of vegans and sell meat, right? It's not going to work. So unless LinkedIn is a place where your audience hangs out and, of, and unless LinkedIn, unless there's a need for your services for, your, for the category of your services in the marketplace on LinkedIn, then, you know, no matter how hard you try and how strong a dam you build, it's, it's not going to be a valuable exercise. Okay. So let me know if you want the link to my, to my YouTube channel, I will be sharing that. So before we get into the nitty gritty of LinkedIn, I want to, you know, I have a few things I want to discuss. It's going to take me like, I mean, the entire my presentation is going to take me like 30 minutes. So I know that you'll have questions. So I want to keep some time for Q&A. So before we get into the nitty gritty of, of LinkedIn and the features and et cetera, et cetera, I want to make sure you understand where I'm coming from with respect to how consultants have always landed clients. Let's forget LinkedIn for for a second and forget you know any social media channel for a second if you look at the history of our industry consulting business consulting management consulting primarily consultants have landed clients through a couple of channels number one is warm introductions and referrals referrals from past clients warm introductions from your network Right? That's a, a very, very strong way to land clients. And I'm sure most of you have landed clients through that channel. It is a very, very strong channel. But the problem with that channel is that it is not predictable. But still, you know, it's a strong channel. And that's one of the ways consultants have built their businesses, not just independent consultants, but even mid-sized firms and even large billion-dollar corporations. They still run, they've built their businesses based on word of mouth. Okay. So that's one channel. The other way consultants have always landed clients is through thought leadership, sharing their knowledge, whether that's by way of writing books, writing articles in the, in the newspaper and trade publications, conducting seminars and speaking engagements at chambers of commerce and associations and wherever the audience hangs out. Those are some of the ways and also trade shows, right? Sometimes trade shows have also worked. So Thought leadership, sharing your knowledge has always been a traditional way of landing clients, right? Why do these channels work? Because they provide your audience with affinity. They help you build affinity. And more importantly, that affinity leads to trust, right? All brands, any, whether you're selling you know, a washing machine or whether you're selling, you know, professional services, affinity and trust always matter. But in professional services, it's a lot more that the trust factor is far more important, primarily because, you know, it's a high ticket service, you're not selling, you know, a $5 product or service, it's a, it's a high ticket service. And more importantly, in professional services, people hire you, your clients hire you because they want to work with you. They're hiring you for your expertise, right? They know that when they hire you, they're going to be working with you closely. So they want to make sure that there is affinity and there is trust, right? So that's why those two channels work. 
warm introductions, referrals, because trust and affinity are kind of, you know, transferred from one person to the other through a referral, right? And thought leadership, because you're sharing your knowledge and that way you're building affinity and you're building trust, right? So that's how we've always landed clients. Look at any, talk to any consultant, you know, like how did you get clients? That's how. So my point is that before we get into LinkedIn and, and all this new technology, I want to let you know that, look, even today, those principles work. Those principles of trust and affinity work, right? There's technology may change pretty fast, but uh, principles rarely do. So whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's any other kind of channel or network or, you know, social network or social, social media, consulting services is always going to be sold based on these principles. They want to have affinity towards you. That means they, they, they want to, you know, check you out and like you first, and they want to trust you, right? That never changes. So this is where LinkedIn comes in. Today, you have a, a potential channel. It's, it's, it's LinkedIn, it's, it's B2B, potential buyers and influencers begin their research and learning phase on a platform such as this. Right. What has happened over the last couple of years is that lots of people have started starting their start, starting their journey journeys online. They're buying journeys online. They'll research. They will follow people that they resonate with. They will connect with people. They will share share interesting articles and videos and and, and podcasts that they come across. So a lot of that has been happening online, right? Because of what has happened over the past couple of years. So it has become an area where you can build trust build affinity first and then build trust, right? So taking those principles that have, that have always worked for us, for us consultants, and then using LinkedIn as a channel to kind of transfer those principles and kind of unlock power of those principles in this new channel. That's what you want to do, right? And the great thing about LinkedIn is, and I shared this on one of my videos last week, is that you know LinkedIn is a 24-7 referral engine. It is a networking event, it is a speaking engagement, it is a conference, a trade publication, and also in some ways a TV network, right? So all of the things that uh, consultants have been doing in the past to land clients are now available, are, you know, are, are possible to do on a, in a, on a place such as LinkedIn, but provided, of course, that there is a need for your services and you feel that your influencers and buyers are on the platform. I don't know all of your businesses, but I can, I'm reasonably sure that most of your buyers and influencers will be found on this platform. I'm only being a little circumspect here because I don't want to, you know, make a general sweeping statement that LinkedIn is for everybody and you got to get in on it and so on and so forth. I'm very bullish on LinkedIn. And I know that, you know, it's the, for B2B, it's right now in 2022, it's, it's one of the best if not the best networks out there, but still, you know, you want to make that call based on your understanding of, of who your buyers and ideal clients are, whether or not they hang out on LinkedIn. Please post your questions as we move forward, because I will be taking questions in the end. Okay. Now let's talk about LinkedIn, the platform, right? So I'm going to be talking about three things that you need to be doing on, on LinkedIn to kind of harness those principles that we talked about and land new clients. Okay. 
the first thing you want to do is make sure that your profile, your LinkedIn profile is reads like a sales page and not a resume. When I say sales page, I'm not saying that, you know, shout from the rooftops about what you do, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it should not read like a resume. One of the things, LinkedIn started as a job, job site, as a, a resume site. So, and still a lot of people, a lot of job seekers use LinkedIn. It's really good for that. But as business people, as people that are showcasing their expertise, you want to make sure that your profile reads like a profile of a business person, wherein you talk about the problem that you solve, you're, you have a concise headline, and your about section and your experience section are filled with information that helps the reader understand what problem you solve and how you can potentially help. Okay, so I'm not going to go into detail because of the lack of time, of course, but have a look at my profile and see how it is structured. It is very customer centric and client centric. So make sure that you have a profile that is inviting enough for readers to stay and, and have a look at and, you know, build affinity, right? That's number one. Number two is, you know, I'm going back to the two ways that consultants have always landed clients through relationships, referrals, and warm introductions. The second piece is, is thought leadership. Let's talk about relationships, relationships and referrals first, okay? You know, offline, how referrals have always been sought out by consultants and by, by people that are selling other services as well is that you'll call up your client or you'll send an email to your client and say, hey, John, or hey, Jane, it was great doing business with you. And we love the fact that you're a happy client. Who else do you know that you can in introduce us to so that we can have a conversation and get to know one another and potentially serve? So typically when we ask, when you're trying to build relationships, we put the onus on the other person. Right? Whether that's your client or whether that's somebody you know in your professional network or your personal network, you put the onus on them and say, hey, who do you know that we can potentially help? Can you give us an introduction? Right? So that's fine if you still want to do that for people that you know, you know really well and so on. But with a tool like LinkedIn, you can, take, you can go one step further and kind of supercharge the way you seek relationships. I'm going to share my screen for a bit now and show you what that and show you what I mean. Okay. Remember, we're talking about the first piece on how consultants have always landed clients. Okay. So you should be able to see my, my LinkedIn. Okay. If you don't, then just let me know in the chat. Okay. So this is my LinkedIn and what I want to do is I want to show you what Sales Navigator can do. Now, type in the chat if you use Sales Navigator or if you've heard of Sales Navigator, because this is also part of LinkedIn. And why I want to show this to you is that it has a couple of powerful features that can help you land better and warm introductions. Just want to quickly check in the chat. All right. Thank you, Fawad. Okay, so on LinkedIn, you'll see on the top right corner, the icon for Sales Navigator. 
and you get a month free. So whatever I'm showing you today, you can experiment by signing up for Sales Navigator and uh, checking it out. Okay, so you hit that. I've got the home screen open. So this is what the home screen of Sales Navigator looks like. It's essentially what it is, is it, it uses all the data that LinkedIn users provide, right? It pulls all the data from, from LinkedIn. It's owned by LinkedIn, right? You can see the, the logo here. This it, is a tool that's owned by LinkedIn and it pulls the data and, and it allows you a few more powerful research tools that, that allow you to kind of navigate your sales efforts, if you will. Okay, so on Sales Navigator, you want to search for people that you know really well. Let's say you want to look at, you want to search for clients that you know that could potentially provide you with some referrals. Okay, so I'm going to choose one of my clients, Jim. Okay, so I'll, I'll choose Jim. That's his profile on Sales Navigator. Now, the cool thing about this tool is that on most of the profiles on Sales Navigator that you are connected with, your connections, you will be able to access and see who they are connected to, right? On most of the profiles, unless they've, they've turned off the, the settings, you know, in, in, on Sales Navigator, for most people, you, uh, Sales Navigator will show you up to 1,000 of their connections. On free LinkedIn, you can't do that. You see, so the reason I'm, I'm pulling this up is because now I know a thousand people, up to a thousand people that my client is connected to. Then on, on the left-hand side, there's a bunch of features. There's a, not features, sorry, filters, right? So I want to use this section to filter for my ideal client, right? Based on geography or industry, years of experience current title, how many years in the company, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And then you'll get a, a bunch of results, right? So I, I don't wanna go through that in detail, but I hope you get the gist of what I'm saying. So essentially, you know, once you add your, the filters for your ideal client, you know, this number will reduce, let's say you have about 25 people that your client knows that you, can potentially benefit from, right? So from those 20 or 25 people that fit your ideal profile, you wanna choose maybe six to eight of those folks, right? Because you wanna choose at least six to eight, it's a higher number. You don't wanna just say one or two people because one of the drawbacks is that people connect with anybody on LinkedIn. So sometimes your client or your connection may be connected to folks that they may not know really well. So if you choose one or two people from their connections and say, hey, do you know Christian Buckley? And your client says, no, I just connected with him. I don't know him at all. So you want to choose about six to eight folks that fit your ideal client profile. Then you want to go to your client either via LinkedIn DM or email and say, hey, Jim, I noticed that you're connected with six to eight folks on, uh, on LinkedIn who I'd love to get in front of. You know that we get most of our business through happy clients. And we'd love to jump on a call on a quick 15 minute call so we can potentially discuss these names, right? You wanna make sure that you get your, your, your client on the call, on a call or a Zoom call or a phone call to discuss those names because once you get your client on a call, the dynamic is different. They may even suggest other people who are they're not connected to on LinkedIn because they're having that conversation with you. So 
instead of you know sending the 668 names to your client directly, you want to get them on a call and then discuss these names and then get potential introductions to whoever they know. So that's the gist of how to use LinkedIn to further referrals and warm introductions. The way I suggest, the way I recommend to my clients and what they do is make a list of up to 100 people. You don't have to go to, you don't have to make a list of exactly 100 people, but up to 100 people, okay, that you know really well, or that you can simply pick up the phone and have a conversation with and potentially get referrals from, right? And look at who they are connected to and pick out potential, potential clients, right? I'm saying up to 100, but it can, it's, it can be 10. You can start with 10, you can start with 15, but make sure that this is an ongoing process because you always meet new people. You have current clients that you, uh, that you will complete projects for. You can always kind of go back to those clients once you have done those projects and then look at who they're connected to and keep this process going, right? So this is a way that I found that you can use LinkedIn to, to further building new relationships and to further land new referrals and to kind of, you know, keep that principle going, the, the principle that, that always works, that, you know, you always get referrals. When you always get business through referrals, that's how consultants have always got business. So this is one way you can kind of, you know, supercharge your efforts to, to, to keep getting those warm referrals because warm referrals can be powerful, but referrals are not predictable. To go one step beyond referrals, you want to make sure that you do the second piece that I talked about, thought leadership, right? Now, thought leadership is nothing but educating the market, educating your audience on your category and educating the market about problems that they don't have. And essentially, you know, you're, you're not, edu you're not taught, you're not sharing content or educating the market in order to directly land sales, but you're doing it because you want to educate the market so that when they are ready for your services and they see the value for to hire somebody like you, they will reach out. Because look, we don't control when people are ready to have a conversation, have a serious sales conversation with us, right? We don't, we don't control that. What we can control is the effort that we make to educate the market so that when they're ready, we have developed, I mean, they have developed enough affinity and trust in us and in our brand to, you know, go to our profiles, send us a direct message and say, hey, you know, let's talk because I, I really resonate with what you're saying, okay? So thought leadership is an excellent way to build affinity and trust. Again, look back at the great consultants that, that we know. Look back at any business author, right? These folks who write business books, I mean, the books are not always, in the majority of the cases, the books are not what is landing them new revenue and you know, driving revenue, driving kind of, you know, they're not the most high margin products or services that they sell. Books are like a business card right? It's, it's a piece of thought leadership that is distributed well. And that, that gives them a, that's like a door opener. 
right? Through, the, through those books, through the, through the knowledge shared, other people in their market get to know those folks, they resonate with those folks, and then, you know, perhaps attend a webinar or a, sem or a seminar or, or whatnot. And when they're ready, they bring them into the organizations to, to potentially work together on a consulting engagement, right? So most of these business, all business authors have a consulting related business model that supports, you know, their, supports, their, supports them at the back end, right? So, and what they're doing is they're in, in those books, they're not like selling. They're not saying that, hey, you, you come and work with me. They're sharing the knowledge freely. I mean, you can see like Michael Porter, for example, he's written a book called Competitive Advantage, which is like, I think 800 pages. He's given detailed information. He wasn't afraid to share his knowledge with the general public. Like a lot of people, a lot of consultants ask me, hey, if I share my knowledge with the general public, why would they hire me? I mean, just look at any business book that you've, that you've read. I mean, they don't, I mean, serious authors don't hold back. They give everything away, but that's how they build their brand. That's how they build affinity. That's how they build trust. And that's how they build new relationships, new relationships that can potentially turn into consulting engagements. Okay. So don't hold back, keep educating the market. Now, before you start educating the market, like I mentioned, you want to make sure that your potential buyers and influencers are on LinkedIn. And as you use LinkedIn as a thought leadership channel, you want to make sure that you keep adding newer folks to your network. You don't want to connect with folks and say, hey, I came across your profile and let's connect or, you know, we're connected to so-and-so and so let's connect. You want to, you know, reach out as a thought leader saying that, hey, Mr. or Miss X, I often share content, original content on X topic, which is of course related to their topic. I'm sure I'll add value to, I'm sure my content will add value to you. And I'll, I'd love to stay current with what you're up to as well. If you're open, let's connect. So you want to connect with them as a thought leader, as a person who shares valuable content. And, you know, so that, that, that way, you're kind of adding value to them and not just simply connecting because you want to pitch them later, right? Don't connect with people and then send them a message as soon as they connect with you and say, hey, let's get on a call. No, serious consultants don't do that, right? You want to make sure that you connect with people and so that they see your content, see your thought leadership and, and start building a relationship with, that, with, those, with those individuals, okay? So you, on, on LinkedIn, you can use, you can, you can create thought leadership content based on text. You can simply write articles. You can use video, you can use audio, and you can use audio visual. You can use visual slides as well. But if you've been following me, you know, I use a lot of these slides and people learn differently. Some people like to read and learn. Some people like to watch a video. They're, you know, visual learners and some people like to listen. So, you know, you can share audio clips of your podcast, for example, as well. So people learn differently. And it's, it's worth sharing different types of content, okay? Now, this is important. This is by far the most important piece of the thought leadership section of this session. When you create content, right? What do you teach? What do you create content about, okay? I'll share with you four ways. I mean, this is a bigger topic, but there are four things that you wanna keep in mind. Number one, you wanna talk about problems that your audience may not know about, that your ideal clients and buyers may not know about, right? It could be 
anything related to your market, problems that are keeping that could be keeping the, the buyer up at night or problems that they are not considering that they may, they may kind of encounter. Just look at my LinkedIn post from yesterday. I talked about inefficiencies, right? So there I've given you a little bit of a, some more information on how to spot those problems and how to talk about those inefficiencies, right? Talk about problems that they may not know about. Talk about the costs of doing nothing. A lot of leaders and executives are so entrenched in the day-to-day -day that they do not consider the costs of staying in the status quo and doing nothing. They don't consider the opportunity costs of doing nothing. So make sure that you talk about those things. Make sure you highlight those costs and make sure that, that, you, that you continuously do it because not everybody is, again, you know, watching your videos and watching your content or reading your content all, all the time. So make sure you, you talk about that pretty often because that's how you educate the market that's how you wake up the market to consider things that you see that your potential clients are suffering from but currently they don't right so your thought leadership should be like a wake-up call right and that will only happen when you talk about the potential costs of inaction potential costs of them staying in the status quo and doing nothing right? That's how you want to wake them up and have them consider your point of view, okay? Number three, you also want to talk about what's possible to achieve, right? Through services that you offer, not explicitly saying that, hey, you know, this is what I do and this is the, the only way to achieve these, these outcomes. You want to talk about outcomes that your market can achieve if they behave and do things in a different way. And that's what you're, you're there for, right? You have, you're, as a consultant, as an expert, you have a different way. You have a new methodology. You have something that can help your market, right? That's what you bring into the market. So what is possible? What are some of the outcomes that are possible if they choose, if your market chooses to behave in a different way and to, and to look at their, address their problems in a different way, okay? So you want to talk about those things because again, a lot of the times when we sell consulting services, you know, most, for most consultants, clients don't know. Clients are not aware of what our services can do for them. Most of our services are not must-have services. It's not like, you know, like, like filling gas in a car, right? Most of the services are nice-to-have services. So you've got to make the case for why they are important, right? That's why thought leadership is, is, is important for people like us. You want to make the case and you want to educate the market, right? So what's possible for them to achieve? And finally, you can also talk about how your solution can help. And you want to find that balance. Like 20% of the time, you can talk about your solution, right? Some, some, consultants, some consultants don't even talk about the solution. Like for me, when I share content on my, on my LinkedIn profile, I don't even talk about my solution. I keep my content as simple, as like, it's like an awareness channel. They're aware and I keep educating them. I know that folks that want to work with me, that understand what, I'm, what I can bring to the table, they're going to look back at my profile anyway. And my profile, as I mentioned before, is customer-centric. It talks about the problems that I can solve and how I solve them. And here's what you do to get in touch. Okay? So, but there are... Uh, other consultants I know that talk about what they do as well. It's not wrong, but don't do it 
you know, don't shout from the rooftops too often. That can be off-putting. Educate the market, give them, teach them some tips, um, share your knowledge, and also talk about why the category of your services is, is important and how that's going to, you know, change their organizations. Okay. Any, any questions so far? I know I've been talking a lot. I hope most of you are, are awake. So uh, any questions, just please, please pop them in because I know that this could be like drinking out of a fire hose. There's lots of information that I'm sharing. And that's why I, I make the replays available as well. So you can kind of go back and listen in to, in to sections that you may find you, you found interesting, right? But uh, part of the, the value of attending these sessions live is that, you know, pop your questions in and I'll answer them immediately, okay? So that's the piece on thought leadership. So we've talked about relationships. How do you use LinkedIn's features to build new relationships? Then how do you use and to build and distribute thought leadership, right? I mean, I know I'm talking from a high level perspective because this is just a one hour session, but this is the most important piece of how you should be using LinkedIn and how you should be you know, distributing and building affinity and, and trust. Okay, as a professional services business. Now, I know a lot of you must be thinking, maybe thinking, this is all fine. Thought leadership sounds great, but you know, where's the time? Who's got the time to do all this stuff? And it's a it's a very valid question, right? That's where I help most of my clients, people I work with, figure out how to put this into their routine and get into a rhythm where they're spending quality time with their clients, executing their client engagements and creating a marketing engine that provides them with quality sales opportunities throughout the year, right? So I'll give you an overview of what I do and you know, what is working for me and my clients. So this is called an anchor content strategy, okay? You might've heard me talk, talk about this, but there's no harm in listening to it again because it's a really powerful strategy. Anchor content is nothing but having pillars, pillars or anchors on, you know, anchors that kind of help you ease the burden of creating a lot of content. So essentially what I do is like what I'm doing right now is part of my anchor content strategy. I, I have a community of you folks who come in every two weeks to watch me talk about a specific situation, a specific topic on consulting. Then what I do is I have 60 minutes of content, right? I send this off to my team and we decide what snippets to cut and make micro content. See, so I'm spending 60 minutes every two weeks, right? But that 60 minutes will then feed my content strategy for the next like 40 days. Because what I'll do is I'll make snippets of content from this piece of content, okay? Though that will go into my feed. Then those, that information, those micro videos that I make, they will become text posts. The same information will become text posts because remember what I said, people like to learn differently. Just because I post a video on something doesn't mean that I can't talk about the same thing in a text post because people like to read. And more, you know, moreover, not everybody's on LinkedIn all the time. So even if I post a video, not everybody's going to see it. So I'll post the same thing again, and maybe somebody or some other people will see it. So that's called repurposing. 
right? You take a content on one in one format and simply repurpose it into a different format. The text post will become this, those slides that I talk about, those seven, eight slide carousals that I use. So my team will convert that as well, right? So I'm constantly kind of producing anchor pieces of content like this one so that feeds my entire strategy. So it may feel like to you, it may feel like I, I, I create a lot of content. When I meet people, they say that, you, you know, how do you create so much content? But the reality is that, you know, I have a system where I create an anchor piece of content that, that feeds my entire content strategy. And of course, I have a small team as well, which I play, pay a few hundred dollars a month to, to get all this done, but it's totally worth it because I'm always out there on LinkedIn, I'm building affinity. And those who resonate with what I say begin to trust me. And it's not uncommon. When you start doing this, you'll have inbound inquiries of people who want to work with you. And they tell you when they get on a, on a Zoom call with you, they'll say that, you know, I've been following you for eight months. They'd never engage with my content. They don't even like my content. They don't comment on it, but they, they view it, right? And they follow me for, for many months and they say things like, it feels like I know you, right? That's when you know that you're, you've built affinity and you've possibly built trust as well. And those are the inquiries that are powerful for your business because for those kinds of inquiries, for those people that they already know you, they already trust you, they're going to convert faster. They're going to become, they have the chances of them converting into, into potential clients is way higher than those that you hardly know. That's why thought leadership is extremely powerful. And if, you're, if your audience is on LinkedIn, then you can really make this a channel that, that works for you, okay? And here's the other thing. You can even recycle content. You don't have to always come up with new stuff. Like you'll see that I repost, I recycle posts that uh, I, po I posted three months ago because LinkedIn does not penalize you to penalize you if you recycle your, your old posts. The reason I do that is because, you know, I'm always adding new people into my network. They haven't seen my older content. If it's still relevant, I'll share it again. And that saved me a lot of time, right? So once you, in the, in the initial days, yes, it's going to be, it, it is, it can be a little time consuming, but as you move forward, you're going to be building a, building, you know, various pieces of content that you can use, you know, periodically. And that you'll find that it becomes easier as you move, move forward. So it does take time. I'm not gonna like say that it's a better roses and you're gonna start you know, landing clients straight away. It does take time, you know, depending on, you know, depending on the, on the how badly your, your audience needs your services, depending on how much demand there is, depending on the time of the year, it can take anywhere from like, you know, 45 days to six months. To, for this strategy to work, but you do it because it's extremely powerful and it's going to help your business in the medium term, right? And the long term, of course. And again, like I said, this is how consultants land business, right? So if you're not doing this, then you're doing a bit, your business a disservice. Like imagine the types of relationships that you can make and that you might forego just because you don't share your knowledge, right? Imagine the, the revenue that you leave on the table just because you don't put yourself out there and, and share your knowledge. And, and the greatest thing is that consultants, as consultants, you folks have tons of knowledge that you're sitting on that is, you know, not being shared. 
right? If you didn't have the knowledge in your domain that you would not have chosen to, to start a consulting business. So that works in your favor as well. You have the knowledge in your domain, then you're going to now, you got to figure out a way to share it because that's going to help your business scale and land new clients and, and, and grow, okay? So I want to end with a couple of things. Now, it's not enough to just simply share content on the LinkedIn feed and then wait for people to kind of, you know, reach out to you. You want to use the, the LinkedIn inbox to build relationships as well. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, use the LinkedIn inbox to spam them and say, hey, let's get on a call, et cetera, et cetera. You want to just have a conversation, right? I often have conversations with people on in my LinkedIn inbox. If they've liked, a, liked my content, for example, or if they've attended one of these webinars, I'll always, you know, try to understand what, where they are in their journey. And if there's something else, another piece of content that I may have shared previously, if I feel that that will help them, I'll share it with them, right? I'm not, I, I never ask anybody. If I'm DMing somebody on LinkedIn, I never ask them, hey, let's jump on a call. Hey, let's, you know, do business together. I'm always trying to educate them. And if they feel that they're in the right space to hiring somebody like me, then that will happen organically, right? But I don't, I don't push my services on anybody else. And you realize that the more you do this, the more you will increase the surface area of your luck, right? Because you need to be lucky as well to land clients this way. You need to have the right people follow you, connect with you, consume your content, and then reach out to you. But the more you do this, the more you do this authentically, the more you do it genuinely, the more the luckier you're going to get. You know, you know, it's like the old old saying: the harder you work, the luckier you're going to get. So the harder you work in terms of terms of building relationships with folks that connect with you, the folks that follow you, that the folks that kind of you know attend events that you put up, the more the luckier you're going to get, right? So that's 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 what you control. The, the effort that you put in is what you control. You don't control when the other person is going to be ready to hire you. But that often happens because as long as you're consistent, right? Engagement signals. When you, when you create content, there are some engagement signals that you want, to, you want to pick up on on LinkedIn. People who view your profile page, right? You want to pick up on conversations with those folks. And again, like sometimes when you DM folks, when you, when you, when you send messages, they won't respond. That's okay. You don't have to, I don't, you don't, I don't expect everybody to respond, but uh, you make the effort anyway. And if they want to respond, they respond. It's up to them. You don't control that, but you can start. You can pick up on that engagement signal and, and find out about how else you can help, how else you can kind of, you know, what, what other content you can share, where they are in their journeys uh, and so on and so forth. Okay. And another engagement signal is people who follow you or people who send you a connection request. Right. That means that as long as they're not trying to sell you anything like, you know, these crypto and, and foreign exchange or foreign currency folks, if you feel that somebody is connected with you and they, they fall in, in your ideal client avatar uh, profile, then you can have a conversation via direct message. Right. And finally, those who engage with your content, people who like your content, people who comment on, on your content. That, that's an engagement signal as well. You want to engage with them and have a normal conversation. You know, you want to keep it real build a relationship because again it comes back to affinity and trust people are not going to trust people who simply try and sell them something who try and get them on a call who like you know pitch them and so on you folks are trusted advisors right your consultants your business consultants you want to be trusted advisors and you are trusted advisors trusted advisors don't you know push themselves 
on people and say, hey, let's get on a call. Trusted advisors build trust through education and thought leadership, right? That's what you want to do. I'm going to stop now. That's the end of my presentation. So I'll open it up to questions. Any of you want to jump on, I'm happy to do that as well. But I'm going to go back and look at the chat. So I answer questions based on the order that I've received them. Okay. Right. Thank you, Eman. Thank you, John, for responding to my question on how well you know LinkedIn. Okay. Laura, thanks for joining. Okay. Joey says, how much is too much to post on LinkedIn? That's a great question. It depends on your audience. It depends on what works for you. There's no one cookie cutter answer to that. It depends on you've got to you've got to post and you've got to find out for yourself. For me, what works is that I have a I post three to five times a week, right? And again, it's not like original. It's not like every three to five times a week of you know very new posts. Like I said, I use my anchor content strategy, and I post micro videos. I repurpose, change them to text posts. I then my team changes them into carousel. So. I post three, three to five times a week. I also comment a lot on other people's posts. I, I didn't mention this, but this is important as well. You want to go into other people's profiles, people that have the same audience as you and comment on their posts, especially you want to comment on, on people's posts that are popular, that get a lot of engagement. When you add value to other people's comments, other people's posts and the readers of those posts find value in your comment. They'll engage with your comment and LinkedIn will push your comment up. That brings awareness as well. So make sure that when you comment on other people's posts, popular posts, you, co you comment something insightful and not, not just say get a great post. So I do about five of those every day. When I say every day, I, I mean weekday. Okay. So you've got to experiment and figure that out yourself, Joey. And that's why, like I said, this, this may take some time, but it's totally worth it. It is... If you do it well, it's, it's, it's totally a, a game changer. A lot of people don't do it because it takes an effort and you don't know what's going to work. It takes experimentation. But, you know, the, the best strategies are the ones that are hard to do because you know that a lot of people, most people aren't doing them. And if you crack it, that becomes a brilliant competitive advantage for your business. Robert says, okay, that's a, uh, that's a response to Joey. Thank you, Robert, for chiming in. All right. So any more questions? So thank you, Robert and Joey. Those are, that's a good discussion there. Mia, thanks for joining. Any questions on LinkedIn? Any questions on content? I'm happy to, to hang around. Anybody want to jump in? I'm happy to discuss because once you start putting this into place, you will find that you're going to have a lot more inbound inquiries and potentially more business. So yeah, just uh, feel free to post a question. Let's see who else is here. So I'm not going to call on anybody, but uh, I'll hang around. Anything that you're, let, let me prompt you, anything that you're struggling with, how do you get engagement, right? Is there anybody, is, are people posting and not getting engagement? Do you want to uh, talk about that? Hi, Nicole, do you have a question? How do you get engagement? How do you add people to your network. There are tons of things that you can, and how do you create demand, right? 
those four pieces of uh, demand creation. Talk about problems that they don't know about. Talk about opportunity costs, potential solutions and what is possible, outcomes that are possible and how your solution can help. Okay, so Nicole says, do you have examples of good introduction messages? I'll, I'll, I have some examples, but I'll tell you what I use. I know that Nicole, you post content as well. So you can simply say, let me just open up my LinkedIn. I'll share with you one of my introduction messages. So you can simply take a screenshot. Oops. All right. So you should be looking at my LinkedIn page. So go to my connections, see my recent connections. Whenever I share my screen on Zoom, my LinkedIn get becomes really slow. So basically, I'll just talk you through it. So the, the message that I share, let me just see if I can get it here. There you go. So this is a person that I connected with recently. And I said, you know, her name just came across her company name. Being you consulting, I often share original content for business consultants on topics such as prospecting and sales. I think you'll find value in posts in my posts, and I'd love to stay current with what you're up to. If you're open, let's connect. It's a simple message. I don't follow it up with a pitch. I might open up a conversation with Ivet a little later, but it's going to be a real conversation. It's not going to be, I'm not going to be pitching anything. So this works really well for me. I've been using it for a long time. So if you create content, then simply use this message. Does that help, Nicole? Another question, how do you increase engagement of posts? Okay, so engagement of posts takes some time. What you can do is send those, send those posts to people that you feel will find value in those posts. So potential clients, potential prospects, you know, it could even, it could even mean, it could even be, you know, your colleagues in the industry. Or you could, here's, a, here's something I do. I do. I have a small tribe. I don't have, I don't, I'm not part of an engagement pod. There are these things called engagement pods on LinkedIn where you are required to, you know, engage on every single post that is part of that group and they engage on your post. That's how you see people have hundreds of comments and hundreds of likes on their posts because they're most probably part of pods. I used to be part of a pod, I've experimented with pods, but they don't work for me and I don't wanna kind of get that type of engagement. So I, I've, I'm away from pods, but I do have a small tribe. I, I, I've, uh, I'll show you, let me just share again. I follow certain people. I have a list of people whose content I like. Okay, so this is my LinkedIn. Oh, it's in my other browser. Hang on a second. Okay, let me just share this screen again. So, so you see, this is this is another browser. This is my regular browser. I have a book. I have a, a folder here in my bookmarks where I have saved profiles of people that people whose content that I like. So every now and then, I go to these folks' content and I will post a comment on their on on their latest post. Right, so I'll, I'll post and I'll try and post as an insightful comment as I can. And some of these folks, like you know, five or six of them, always post back on my content because you know they like my content, I like their content. There's no obligation to post on each other's content. I only post when I when I can add something meaningful. But we kind of encourage each other. 
right? So you want to find folks like that who like your content and you can go and like their and engage with their content as well. But, but that engagement has to be genuine and authentic and it should be value adding, not just, you know, like their content and say, great post, so thanks for sharing. That doesn't add any value. You want to find like-minded folks that you can build relationships with who will kind of encourage each other to, to post and engage in each other's posts. So I, I, that, that's one way of engagement. Let me think of other ways. It will encourage you to post your content in groups. I've never found that successful at all. Like most groups are filled with people who just, you know, want to peddle their services. And I've never found meaningful engagement in groups. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I do to, to build engagement. I, I find out the best time, right? You want to post, you want to experiment with posting your content at different times and find out what gets the best results. For me, it's 8 a.m. Eastern. When I, when I post my content like 7.45 Eastern or 8 a.m. Eastern, I find that I get better engagement because my market is, you know, a lot of people are available at that time. They're posting at that time. They're sharing content at that time. And also, you know, a lot of people open up their LinkedIn, you know, at that time before they kind of start work or if they're commuting to work, they'll, they'll you know, open up LinkedIn in the train or, or, or whatever. So that works for me. So, so experiment with different times and see where you get the best engagement. Okay. So you start, start with that, Nicole, and then feel free to, you know, follow up and send me a message and, and see if it's working and what's not working. I can always give you some other tips and the other folks as well. Like, you know, if you have a question on anything, just jump on these calls, these sessions and, you know, ask me any question related to LinkedIn or consulting, and then I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to answer them. Okay, super. So with three minutes past the hour, I'm happy to help if you have more questions. So do you have do you use any robot for sending connection requests and messages? So Stephanie, please stay away from robots and automation. That's against LinkedIn's terms of service. I don't do anything that is against LinkedIn's terms of service because they can simply restrict your profile and ban you in a heartbeat. LinkedIn is against automation and any kind of robots and and the like so stay away from from that stuff i send my connection request manually yeah it takes a little bit of time but i send i try and send at least about 50 per week but you can start with like you know a few few a handful per day and see what the response is but uh, i don't use any automation i used to i've tried all that stuff but i don't do it anymore and i don't recommend it at all because linkedin can be a very useful tool for your business and I don't want it to be in jeopardy just because LinkedIn decides to restrict my profile. So I hope that helps uh, Stephanie. Okay, folks, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for your attention. I hope this has been valuable. I'm going to post a link. Those of you who are still here, I'm going to post a link to, I know that a lot of people are, a lot of you joined the individual sessions of Consulting Growth Hour. But if you want to be notified of every session with, without having to register individually, then that's a link over there that I've added. Just go in and, and put in your email address and I will remind you for every session of Consulting Growth Hour. And then if you're able to make it, you can make it. I will also add my YouTube channel so that you can find all the replays of these sessions and you can kind of find other 
topics that can be useful for you. So let me just give me a second. I'm going to share that with you. There you go. So that's the YouTube channel. That's the, the link to join the mailing list for to be notified. All right. So thank you guys. Thanks a lot. I will see you at the next at the next consulting growth hour. Ciao. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.